Journey into comics. Poor entertainment. Poor news. Foodies watching movies. Adulting 80s. Podcast read the voice of survival. Kids for sale. Gallif Radio. Bruise with dudes. Journey into wrestling. Journey into comics network. Journeyintocomics.com. Following the following journey into comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. Hey everyone, Andrew here from the Poor Report and Foodies Watching Movies, and you are listening to the Best of the Week Show, the only place you can listen to the highlights across all the shows on the network this week. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And remember, don't believe fake news. The following, the following is a journey into comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. And here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Journey into Comics. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? This is Journey into Comics. I'm your host, Dick. We are your host. We are Podcastrophy. <laughs> like what I did there? Yeah. Yeah. I set you up for that. Yeah. Purposefully. I, I planned that out. The he whole, knows what I'm doing. The whole he fucking, knows what we're... I planned that doing. out the whole car ride over here. Oh my god. We're excited. <laughs> we we have had a good evening. We're both very tired. Yeah. We're sleepy boys. I got up at 4 a.m. What time did you get up? About quarter to five, so not, not far behind. Yeah. Me. Yeah, I've been doing this whole uh, working out in the morning thing because we've been working 10 hours every day. Mm-hmm. And if I work 10 hours and then I go to the gym, then I'm not home until 6.30. And and I would imagine you don't accomplish a whole lot while you're at the gym. Actually, I do. I See, mean, I, I didn't. It, it didn't change. My, it, my motivation in the gym didn't change uh, based off of it, it. It never changed based off of like how many hours I worked because it's just I, I enjoy working out. But going into the morning, I actually accomplish less because then I'm on a time limit. I have like an hour until I got to go to work. So, uh, so this is a good look for me. I can't. I can't say I, it is. I, I work with a guy that legitimately always wears a hat, like most of us men mm-hmm. do. But he will not have a hat on his head without the fucking hat covering his eyebrows. And that's just. And a lot of times he'll fucking tuck his ears up into his hat. Is this like how fucking it's trailer park Thanos, by the way. Oh, it's that guy. Oh, God. It, it's it's the guy. It's it's trailer park Thanos. Are you sure he's not like Thanos? like some kind of cockroach alien that just like infested him? And, and, and <laughs> he's took, a cockroach and t- alien and t- wearing a meat suit. <laughs> and, yeah, wearing the meat suit. Like he's... we we have evolved. Uh, <laughs> we, we have transitioned from lizard people infiltrating our government to cockroach people wearing meat suits yeah that's where we're at now like men in that's black a, that's a new theory folks men in black they didn't they didn't and they didn't invent that that Got was any sugar that was water. that wasn't just uh entertainment more that was that was straight up like a prediction more like, they, that wasn't even a prediction it was a warning more more yeah <laughs> who played i can't remember who played it who uh I, I've asked this, like, several times. We've talked about it on the show before. Yeah, that's why I'm thinking about it. I'm like, shit. <laughs> you ever, you ever, like, this is a real, this is 
we, we are not off to a good start. No. As far as tangents go. So, Journey into Comics, welcome to Podcastrophy. Yeah, this is what we do. <laughs> I now have the brim of my hat over my eyebrows. I legitimately can't really see. He legitimately has his ears tucked and I, into and his hat. And I tucked hat. my ears up into my hat. Oh, like, Jesus. God, I look dumb. Oh, and boy. And it's uncomfortable. Oh, boy. Oh, jeez. Oh, boy, pal. Wowzers. Oh, jeez. But, uh, you ever, like, like, throughout your day... Like, especially, I've done Give the... Give up on life? Well, that. But, <laughs> I, you know, I, I did the job that you do for a year, so I totally, like, I, I, I've I been you, okay? You ever just sit there like, man, it, I, it I miss... It wasn't until you left that I finally gave up on the place. <laughs> man, I miss the Men in Black TV show. Oh, man, I don't even remember... I remember it, so I can I can visually see it, but I don't remember... Because the, the animation style was very distinct compared it, it to was. a lot of the other cartoons it, it on really TV. It really was. And it actually wasn't a bad show. No. I don't remember it, but I, I remember it being good. But it's really weird that we're talking about Men in Black at the beginning of this show, because not two days ago, I was in the middle of an electrical panel just, you know, working away, and I, I legitimately paused, and I was like... Man, I miss that fucking Men in Black TV show. Just out of nowhere. Yeah. So I was in, in, you know, I call it the hot box, all by myself, listening to a podcast, not, you know, the world around me is nothing. And that idea just pops into my brain. <laughs> Man, I miss the Men in Black TV show. And and this is, this is what makes it even more sad. I looked up like I was going to say that to somebody, and there was no one there. I was all alone. <laughs> Oh man, I I wish I could sit. I wish I could listen to podcasts and stuff while I work. Oh yeah, like it's absolutely like in our area. Like there's no reason, there's no safety reason we you shouldn't. Know, you know have. what it ultimately amounts to? Huh? Control. Is it's an inconvenience to management to yeah. have to try and get in touch with you when you're not focused on your surroundings. Yeah, and you know it is a legitimate. It is. It, it is a legitimate safety concern for sure. Yeah, for but the most part, not arguing that. Right. But, you know, especially jobs like 15. Yeah. There's no reason you can't have fucking headphones in back there. You know? Absolutely. But we don't need to talk about Subaru tonight. Yeah. But, you know, what I was getting at is, like, I wish I... Because there's a lot of times that I don't give a fuck about talking to people. Right. While I'm at work. I mean, it's it's been mentioned on this show before. It's been mentioned on our show. I'm a you, quiet guy. You even guy. did it to me a couple times. Yeah. I'm a quiet guy. If, if, uh, if I'm not in the mood to talk or you're not going to give me a conversation I give a fuck about. I'm, I'm not. Yeah. It's a skill. Not many people have, and you have mastered it. Thank you. <laughs> you can 100% participate in a conversation and never say a word. Like seriously, <laughs> like through, through sheer force of will and subtle eyebrow <laughs> movements, you can totally participate in a conversation and never fucking say a word. I've seen you do it hundreds of times. And it's awesome. Because me noticing that is times that I'm not saying anything. It's like, hmm, this guy's doing it. This guy's really doing it. And not many people can say that they can do that. So I can't be quiet any longer. <laughs> hats off hats off to you, sir. For those listening, uh, yeah, I just I was just staring at him, like engaging him with my eyebrows and in, in eye contact. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. But that's what you do. No shit. I mean, it, yeah, honestly, there was many a day as I'm blabbering on through, you know, the third 
30 minute long sentence that it's fucking coming out of my cake hole <laughs> and you're just mm, yeah you might grunt every now and then like mm, yeah but yeah. it's all eyebrows and fucking blinks basically <laughs> i'm a listener i'm an active listener yes and uh it, I, i've also found that like the, the getting into like my own personal self uh i I draw my energy from conversation, active conversation. And if that conversation is not engaging me in the right way, I get really tired. And I, I think that I think that I'm going to psychoanalyze you a little bit. It drains me. It drains the fuck out of me. I'm going to psychoanalyze you a little yeah. bit. I think that amounts from the fact that at one point in your life you were a loser, which is just stay with me here. Stay oh. stay with me here. Oh. Much like a character in a movie that we saw tonight. Yeah. Who him and his counterpart were both losers at one point. Mm. See yes. what I did there? I see what you did there. That was a nice segue, wasn't it? It sure was. It was a stretch. It was. But I reached out there with my little <laughs> stubby T-Rex arms and I grabbed that fucker. What What you're saying to me right now is you don't give a fuck. Let's move on to Venom. Yes. We saw Venom tonight. I didn't bust out this badass Venom t-shirt that I got from Loot Crate today. I wish I had anything Venom. Yes. But I'm I'm really picky about like things I buy that with like like Deadpool things like Flash things like Venom things that I don't own. Uh, like I'm very picky about the designs. Like T-shirts, I'm I'm especially picky about. Mm-hmm. Like they have to be like a certain style. There has to be like some sort of balance. Like it, if you, if you look at all my T-shirts, you'll see it. I'm very picky with my fabric. Yeah. Very, very picky. I'm not picky about the fact. I don't like the extremely thin t-shirts. I don't mind. But at them. the same time, I also don't like the extremely thick t-shirts. I want I want a good balance in my t-shirt fabric. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, like, I have a Deadpool t-shirt that I bought for, like, six bucks at Walmart. It's a really, really nice t-shirt. It's perfect fabric. It fits me really well. But the date on the bottom of it, it says, like, Wade Wilson, Deadpool. It says all kinds of shit on the front of it. And it says, like, established 1993 or something like that. The date is totally incorrect. And it drives me nuts. And I was at... I can't remember if I was at, like, fucking Arby's. I think I was at an Arby's. I've eaten Arby's a lot here lately. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we ate it last week. Right, I've, I've eaten Arby's a lot more frequently than I... Probably in the last month and a half than I have in probably the last five years. Um... But one of the fucking people in the kitchen saw my shirt, and he's like, hey, man, cool shirt. And I was like, thanks. And then I realized that he was in a roundabout way insulting me because I didn't hear the rest of what he said until I walked away from the counter. It'd be a cool shirt if the date was right. Oh, so he knew. He fucking called me out on it. That's awesome. So, you that, know. I mean, that's all. I mean, again, you know, no, no. I, to I took no offense to it whatsoever. Yeah, because, because you were already offended at the shirt. Right. Yourself. I, I was, you know, I, I saw it the day that I bought it, and I was like, but it's the perfect fabric. And it fits me, <laughs> and it fits me really well. And I, don't, and I don't have a Deadpool shirt. And But it's the perfect fabric. It's the perfect fabric. Ugh. And it fits me really well. Because I have a really weird torso shape. Very broad-chested. I have a gut. My gut isn't massive. But with every, with every, yeah. I just, I have a weird torso shape. So I have to have the right cut of a t-shirt. I compared you to something in my mind. Like, it was either something or a character. And a I barrel? C- 
No, I, I can't remember what it was, but it was perfect. And I wanted to tell you, and I I was waiting for like a sh- a show like this to tell you. And then you lost it. And I, I'm I'm lo- I'm drawing a blank right now. I was getting fitted for a tux one time, and the guy fitting me told me that I was barrel chested, and I got really I got really self conscious. <laughs> you know, it's already it's like okay, just measure me and get me out of here. But he's like, no, these measurements are a little bit tougher because you're barrel chested, and I was like. Excuse me, sir. I, I don't know if you're insulting me or if you're complimenting me. Because my whole life, it's like, yeah, you're built like a brick shit house. Okay, that's a compliment. Mm-hmm. You know, a pretty solid little stout guy. Yeah. But I'm barrel chested? Are you saying I'm fat? Like, just in the upper half of my torso? Like, <laughs> like I don't know how to take this. What is going on? I'm on a train and it's out of control. Uh, a train of our existence? Yes. <laughs> You're not going to get any of those here. Nope. Not in the sanctum of dicks. Nope. None of them. Nope. But anyway, so Nate, Pod Daddy Nate Phillips uh, in the chat here says, Full spoiler review! Do it! Not today, pal. Not today, pal. Not today. We are doing spoiler free here on Journey Into Comics. Uh, however, so if you're listening, this is Monday. Tomorrow, Tuesday, live on Podcastrophy, we're going to do full spoiler. In we're between gonna, 5.30 and 6. Roughly around 5.30 or 6. We're going full spoiler on that show. We're going full bore, diving in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so We might touch a few of the minor ones. Maybe. Yeah. We want to give you guys something, you know, a reason to come over to us. Uh, we can't just, you While know. still giving you a reason to listen to this We're just going to give you the tip today. Just the tip. Yeah, you get the full shaft all the way to the balls tomorrow. Yes. Live. Balls deep, as they say. As they say. Christopher Robertson. First time tuning in. Right on. Glad you could join this Not Journey Into Comics episode. <laughs> so. This isn't typical. To get everything <laughs> back on the rails here. Yeah, yeah, let's do this. If you were going to give this film a number, no nine and a halfs, no seven and a halfs, just give it a solid number your personal opinion go 23 okay the number 23 like i did with deadpool you're you're saying it was yeah i'm just going off the movie the number 23 no everything's 23 i know but if we're if we're gonna get like serious uh 42 (laughs) (laughs) jesus because the answer to everything is 42 right all right all jokes all jokes aside i'd give it an eight really yeah I think I think it was a pretty solid movie. So I would also give it an eight, and I said something in the theaters before we left. Yeah. That I'm pretty sure up until we left that theater, you thought you would never hear me say. Oh yeah. This is a really good yeah. origin story. It if really is. Anyone that has known me over the any any portion of my life. And especially uh, during the course of my time uh, halfway helming a podcast and guessing whenever I can, mm-hmm. they know that I hate origin stories. Absolutely. Give us the established characters and just do it right. That's always been kind of my motto. This is a pretty good origin story. It honestly is. Uh, I, I really, I mean, given it's it's different, it's mm-hmm. different than, uh, you know, the Venom origin that we all know and love. But still slightly being a little bit accurate. And they 
they didn't really okay so the, everybody's been like what's eddie what's eddie brock doing in san francisco it explains that yes without like fucking just handing it to you on it, it just briefly is like venom does not have to be on spider-man's dick all no. the time if anyone is a fan of the character they should be able to appreciate the character without spider-man because there has been a lot of venom throughout all of the multiverse yeah. without Spider-Man. Yeah. He does not need Spider-Man. You're listening to Poor Entertainment with your host, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Andrew Poor. Donald Trump and Taylor Swift. Now, obviously those two should have nothing in common. She was never on like Celebrity Apprentice. He doesn't make it someone to be a big fan of country music. But um, according to this article from Levin Post, Donald Trump says he likes Taylor Swift's music 25% less now. And I wonder what you're thinking, the same thing I saw when I saw the article, like, what is that about? So I guess many conservatives are mad that the singer endorsed a Democrat in Tennessee Senate race. Um, so Donald Trump says he's less of a Taylor Swift fan than he was yesterday. The singer got publicly political for the first time on Sunday when she declared her support for Tennessee Democratic candidate for U.S. Senate, Phil Bredesen, in an Instagram post. In the process, she uh, trashed the Republican contender, Rep. Marsha Blackbird, who leads in the polls. Many conservatives not surprisingly react with outrage at Swift's taking a stand that parts company with them, and upset were white supremacists and neo-Nazis who in the past somehow convinced themselves that Swift was on their side. Trump, in comments to reporters Monday afternoon, took an approach that seems seemed more statesman-like than most of his statements, while sounded petty in a way only he can. Trump tells, uh, this is from a Twitter post from Catherine Watson, Trump tells us upon arriving back at the White House, he likes Taylor Swift's music, but maybe about 25% less now that she has endorsed Bredesen. In the past, Trump has claimed to be a big fan of Swift's. As in a tweet from nearly six years ago, glad to hear that Taylor Swift will be co-hosting the Grammy nomination special on 12.5. Taylor is terrific. Rex on Twitter to Trump's declaration includes skepticism that he really had an interest in Swift's music. Um, someone tweeted, can he name one song? Someone else tweeted, with Donald Trump marinates in adolescent pettiness, what's his next move calling Kanye to share Taylor Swift horror stories? Uh, another Twitter post was, when he says stuff like this, why doesn't he translate what a complete phony he is? Uh, I hope his next movie is to tell all his, tw- or his next move is to tell all his Twitter followers to listen to Katy Perry's songs exclusively for the next week. This guy, uh, who does not know the words in the national anthem, couldn't pick Taylor Swift out of a lineup, I am sure. So some fun Twitter posts about that, and I could really care less about Taylor Swift or Donald Trump at this point. Definitely never dull moan it, though, when he's around. So that was kind of the first thing I saw today. Another thing that broke down, and I think um, the guys at Bruce, or not Bruce, the guys at Podcast Free, who uh, hosted JIC this week, did break down Venom, but... I kind of want to get into some of the box office numbers because um, there's some early the projections for the first week did better than expected. So early projections put Venom between 50 million and 60 million, and actually overperformed in a big way. Venom's estimated 80 million debut was more enough to best the previous October box office opening weekend record of 55.8 million set by Gravity in 2013. While this debut is definitely stronger than expected, it doesn't exactly hold a candle to the rest of the Spider-Man franchise, but strong compared to the most superhero spinoffs. Venom's debut actually doesn't even come close to the original Spider-Man trilogy from director Sam Raimi, starring Tobey Maguire as the webbed wonder. 2002 Spider-Man had a 114.8 million debut, 
403.7 million domestic uh, total. So opening weekend record at the time, but the 2004 sequel Spider-Man 2 did slide significantly with 88.2 million and 373.6 million. So not actually much less than what Venom brought in, and Spider-Man 2 is probably arguably the best of that trilogy. 2007 Spider-Man 3... Um, which starred Tover Grace's Venom slash Eddie Brock, rebounded with another then-record, 151.1 million, which is interesting, because not a lot of people like that. The record debut is also ironic, though, since it had the worst domestic haul of the three and considered the trilogy's worst by fans and critics alike. Oh, yeah, that's... Um, creative differences between Raimi and the studio led someone to scrap their proposed fourth movie in the franchise and just reboot it. Although seriously lackluster results, five years after Spider-Man 3, Sony released The Amazing Spider-Man in 2012, starring Andrew Garfield as Peter Parker slash Spider-Man and Emma Stone as Gwen Stacy. While Spider-Man 90% Rotten Tomatoes and Spider-Man 2 percent on Rotten Tomatoes were a critical hit, Spider-Man 3 took a bit of a hit with 63 point, or 63% on Rotten Tomatoes. That trend doesn't carry over into the new franchise that made Spider-Man score a solid 72, but did not lead to box office success. The main Spider-Man opened with just 62 million, Franchise low despite opening to a franchise high of 4,318 4, theaters. They're in a middling 262 million domestic, which would be a franchise low until the sequel dropped in 2014. The basis of Spider-Man 2, surprisingly enough, it did improve quite a bit on its opening weekend, earning 91.6 million, but it's a tally of 202.9 million domestic. That still stands a franchise low to this day, with the studio seemingly getting back on the right track. So it seems like Venom's on track to do better than the Amazing Spider-Man franchise. That duo of movies, but doesn't hold a torch to the MCU, Spider-Man. So, let's see. After those abysmal figures, Sony went back to the drawing board, reached a shared right deal with Marvel, and resulted in the new, much younger Spidey, played by Tom Holland, making a memorial due in Captain America Civil War before last year's Spider-Man Homecoming, which made $117.2 million in debut and $334.2 million domestic. Despite critical and fan acclaim, Spider-Man Homecoming itself couldn't even surpass any of the movies from the original trilogy. Marvel gets to use Spider-Man in movies like Avengers Infinity War, Spider-Man Far From Home, which is currently filming, and the highly anticipated Avengers 4. While Sony's laying the foundation for its own Spidey spin-off universe with Venom. When you look a little closer, Venom's uh, $18,831 per screen average from 40,250 theaters is better than the per screen average of The Amazing Spider-Man which had 14,360 per screen. But it fell short of the 21,186 per screen average of The Amazing Spider-Man 2. What Venom does have going forward is what produced on just a $100 million budget in a day and age when most superhero movies are produced on double that figure or more. Well, the figure at the low end for the franchise as a whole wouldn't compare to the other super spin-offs Venom ranks rather high. When it comes to super spin-offs as a whole, Venom's debut is somewhat in the upper echelon, but it's really more in the middle of the pack, larger because... These movies are better, either big hits or big failures. There's no trouble fending off some of the domestic failures in the groups like Elektra, Catwoman, one of the first Super spin-offs ever, Supergirl. One of the three Wolverine X-Men spin-offs has easily bested the debut of the Wolverine, but fell short of X-Men Origins Wolverine and Logan. And of course it didn't even come close to Deadpool or this year's sequel Deadpool 2. Zero spin-off takes uh, landscape is about to get a lot more crowded as a result in the coming years, thanks to a number of projects from 20th Century Fox, Sony, and Weather Brothers. Although Marvel's yet to spin off any of their huge MCU movies yet, one could perceive Black Panther as a spin off since the character of T'Challa was first introduced in Captain America Civil War, or Wonder Woman as well, since she was introduced in Batman v Superman. 
but they still both feel way too big to be considered spinoffs. Sony will continue to its Spider-Man spinoff universe with Morbius, while 20th Century Fox has Gambit and the New Mutants in the works, and Warner Brothers has several projects including a new Joker standalone origin film, Birds of Prey, and much more. While these projects may not open against each other, they still indicate that comic book franchise spinoffs like Venom aren't going away anytime soon. So yeah, that's kind of interesting to find out. And another movie that also had an interesting debut weekend, another movie that I would like to see that I haven't had a chance to see this past weekend, is A Star is Born. And like Venom, Star is Born also performed better than expected. So, this article from Vox. This weekend's box office returns the biggest ever for October opening weekend, propelled by a pair of musicians and a pile of black alien goo. Venom, obviously. Um... Stars One delivered $41.25 million over the weekend, much higher than initial projections, along with a coveted A from CinemaScore, which bodes well for the movie's word-of-mouth prospects. Bradley Cooper's directorial debut is a f- the fourth version of a film that had previously starred icons like Judy Garland, Barbara Streisand, and Janet Gaynor. This version stars Lady Gaga alongside Cooper. Strong critical views also will likely set the film on the path to plot its during the upcoming awards season. Venom actually has an audience score of B+, which is still pretty good. It was the same grade given to Justice League and Suicide Squad, so that's not as great, but be interested to see. Uh, to that point, the two movies drew very different audiences over the weekend. Venom's was 59% male, while A Star is Born was 66% female. 30% of Venom's audience was 25 or older, compared with 86% of A Star is Born's. Uh, the gap in target audience didn't stop got some Gaga fans from campaigning, some with more irony than others to sink Venom via fake reviews last week. But as numbers show, it didn't matter in the end. The massive opening weekend success of both films in tandem led to the biggest October weekend of all. Maybe well for the robust movie season ahead. That kind of is weird. I don't know why they would attack a movie that has no connections. It's not like they're both similar movies. It wasn't like it was La La Land up against A Star Is Born, where they're very similar tones. Or if it was, they were doing this again, like if she was in like a Spider-Man movie that was opening against Venom. Like It doesn't make sense why they need to trash one. They can both succeed, because they're both to very different audiences. There's much people I know who are never going to see A Star is Born. And there's people who are never going to see Venom. That's just how people are. Some people want a music drama versus a superhero movie. So, yeah, I don't think there's any need for that. But both did well, and that's all that really matters. something that kind of came up out of the blue today after I finished up working outside with Liz's father and grandfather, which was really exciting, which is fun. And one thing you'll learn as an adult is that eventually you'll take vacation time not for fun, but to do home improvement projects. So, yay for us. Or go to the doctor. Or go to the doctor. Or just run errands because your life is so hectic that you can't even take a breath after work to go and get groceries. Do you ever calling in sick to do something fun instead of calling in sick to act because you're actually sick? Well, I didn't get to do that because my parents were what? fun suckers. Fun actually, suckers. there was one time we did it, but that was a, an extended one. We um, So my dad took a business trip to Hawaii when I was in the fifth grade, and it was for ten days. And so I was out of school, I think, for like five or six days or something like that. And... 
that was the only time that I was ever taken out of school early, like, for an extended absence like that. I've never got to, like, do anything fun on a day off of school. My parents were very strict about that. I don't feel good. Well, you're going to school. As long as I wasn't throwing up and had a fever, you're going to school. You just felt miserable at school. Oh, yeah. No amount of crying or... I mean, I'm the same way now with work. It's sad. Well, that's what, like... Now it's like, I can't be sick because it's more work to prepare a sub than to actually be sick. That's why I have that shirt you got me. Everything hurts and I'm dying, but writing sub plants is worse. Oh, yeah. I like that's that you have the that best shirt. shirt. You just need to wear that to school more I've often. worn it. I like it. To other other teachers like it. To like, I agree. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we got a lot of it. So, what we want to talk about today was youths. The youth. These God. two youths. I did not think I would ever get to the point where I'd have to act like my parents and be like, these teenagers these days, they're terrible. But it's true. They are terrible. Yeah, our last big encounter with the the future... Future of America. The future of America. And that was Liz and I, being adults, had a nice night. We had to return some stuff to Macy's. And then we decided, oh, we're at the mall. Let's go play some glow golf, which is like... Putt putt, but you're inside. There's black lights and all that fun stuff. Like, oh well, it's cheap. We'll play a couple, like a quick game, and then kind of go about our business. So we're there. We're playing around. And they have a nice order to things. They have nice arrows pointing you in the direction, and they have the numbers on the holes and stuff. So like, right. they're very on top of their game. Right. And then all of a sudden, these prepubescent girls with like glow stick headbands and all this crap show up as like a birthday party thing. Which I don't know why. People bring their, like, kids to a birthday party at a mall, but that, okay. So they came in, and they got their stuff, and then we're just kind of... Obnoxious. Obnoxious. Is this... Like, I don't know, like, I'm sure I was obnoxious as a teenager as well, or a prepubescent teenager, but I was never to the point where it would bother other people, you know? Like, they were just, like, all over the place. They would take a free hole, and they would just putt away and whatever, and... Didn't really have an, uh, any regards for, like, the order of that right. kind of stuff. And that's what kind of made me mad. Because there were, like, it was, if it were just us and, like, younger people, that would be different. But there were, like, parents with their kids. And, like, parents with their grand, you know, like, kids with their grandparents and parents. And, like, that's not fair when there's, like, families there. If it, w- if it were different, like, if there were a lot of, like, younger couples like us there, I wouldn't have cared. Right. But there were, like, families there and, like... With little kids. Right. And you're who, are gonna... well, who are more well-behaved than those kids. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Like, it's one thing. Like, okay, if you rent the whole place and it's like, it's totally your space, play to your heart's content. Run from the last hole to the first hole and back. I don't care. But, like, if you're there, you need to, like, follow the rules. Like, most other putt-putt places, the, there's no way to get to other holes. It's kind of you play a track. Mm-hmm. You can't really run around. So that's... But it was in a confined space. It was in, like, a former other retail stores so it was just a bunch of holes close together but still like if all of you did it like ran through it it would have been fine because you're all playing quick and run, but you shouldn't just be like i'm gonna go to 15 then 9 then 1 then 24 like no just play the holes as ordered mm-hmm. like and there's some nice like we saw some nice people that were a little bit younger than us too yeah like, that group out of us was like we're just messing around. We're not actually one. Just go ahead of us. Just play through. And Yes. There's still, there are still a few youths that are nice, but a right. lot of the time, 
But they were older youth. They were, like, probably... They were in high school. Yeah. But I still think there are some high schoolers that can be obnoxious as well. I see a lot of those kids when I'm driving to work. Since we live by a high school, so my commute, if I don't leave at a certain time, I get stuck waiting. For one, there's a police person that, like, directs traffic. So, but I get to see a lot of teenagers and other, that riffraff kind of running around and going into... Like speeding into their in their parents' vehicles or hopping out and not obeying all the crosswalks oh, and stuff. Oh, that drives me crazy. Although, well, but it's not as bad as I've seen. No, at least the I mean the the road that the high school is on over here is not that bad. It's only a two lane road. Right. But like, it was bad by like my high school. So my high school was a lot bigger than my, well, and probably about the same size as. The high school by us. But we had... We were by two busy streets. Arlington Heights Road and Dundee. And, like, there were kids that would jaywalk all the time. And you would be, like... Five total lanes with the turn lane. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And it was crazy. Like, not even... Like, some kids would even jaywalk in, like, in the crosswalk. You know, they would go when it was still, like, the red person or whatever. And it was just, like... It's so risky. We've had, like, kids... I don't know if it's happened recently, but I know in the past that there were at least a few chilled kid, high school kids because we have open campus lunch, so you can... Literally, there's a McDonald's right across the street from the school, and, like, someone got hit by a car because they weren't paying attention when they were crossing the street, and I don't remember... I think she was okay, but I, I mean, it's just, like, it's scary, like... Kids can be so brainless sometimes. Right, and I feel like it's worse now with kids constantly on their phones. Oh yeah, and I can't, I, I can't agree. And I can't really say much. Because I know like we're on our phones a lot. Like I feel like our whole generation's on our phones a lot. But like we grew up without phones. Like these kids that are like in high school now have had phones since they were like small. Since they were like toddler, not toddlers, but since they were like old enough to have like grade school age kids. Well, some of the kids that are coming up into like middle school and stuff have never lived a life without like knowing what an ipad is or like what a you know like a laptop or whatever like a without like no life without that kind of stuff and like it's a it's appalling right because literally like my kid i have so i teach um i teach all like fifth through eighth grade but mostly i see eighth graders and like these kids like they don't even buy calculators anymore. They're like, oh, well, I can just use my phone. And, like, they'll just pull it out during math class and just start going to town on their calculator on their phone. Ha, those other teachers when I was younger. You're never going to use, you're never going to have a calculator in your pocket. How are you going to go to the grocery store and spend money? Well, <laughs> obviously that, that they were wrong. I can, so I can do a lot more than that with my phone. Yeah. But yeah, I remember that whole thing, like. I don't want to carry around a big fat calculator in your pocket. Carry around much something much bigger than the calculator I used in grade school. Mm-hmm. And I still memorize all that those multiplication tables for nothing. Yes. Oh my goodness. That's the thing that bugs me the most as a teacher is that they don't know their multiple. They don't have anything memorized anymore. It's like oh, well, I know like math at I all. had to do like so we so we were doing square roots and stuff, and we had to know like what everything squared was and then what the square root of everything like the perfect squares were and then just like anything squared we had to know that it's basic doubles facts and my kids don't know i'd like they just didn't know they were like well i gotta type in the calculator i'm like guys you should have know to. your doubles facts i mean they're not that hard i promise and it's like they just don't it's just not in there it's not they're learning 
but they're learning for like the specific time period. Like if they need it for a certain unit, great. They'll know it for the unit. But then if you ask them for it later, it's there's no like retention. there's no retention at all. I mean, like I don't, I probably forgot some of my multiplication tables or some of the, the roots and squared and all that. But it happens. We don't use it and you're an adult. You just, sometimes that stuff just slips your memory. Yeah, I understand, but, like, basic double-digit multiplication. Like, not double-digit multiple, like, just doubles fast. One time, they don't know that one times one is one. Like, they don't <laughs> I, know I, I, two I, I, times two is four. Like, I three mean, times it, three, like, they think three times three is six. And, like, it's not six, it is no. nine. Yeah, and it's, like, you almost... teaching it with, like, you have three of these things, so this, this, yeah, and all that. It's, like, I almost have to teach, I don't even know when they... Like, what, I learned my multiplication facts maybe in third grade. It's like, do I have to go back and right. teach third grade of these kids? Teach the, the multiplications the of nine with your hands. Oh my gosh, they don't even know that. I showed them that once, and they were like, what blue, is... Blue, it blew blue, their mind. Right, that's like, that's something I still stuck out since I learned it, like, second grade, third grade, whatever grade that was, that, like, you know what, like, you can use do with that, or... Yeah, it's like, or, like, the six times eight. Six times eight is always 48. Like, that's how I remembered right. it. They just have no clue. They have no clue. Or all and the, if I or asked the them to, the if I asked them to skip count, they'd probably act like I was asking them to cut their tongue out. The skip count. A skip count like two, four, six, oh, eight, ten, twelve. Really? Like, yeah, they just don't know. They know the tens and maybe fives, but like, if you ask wow. them, like, oh, count by threes. Why? Why? Because of sometimes you need to count by threes. Right. I mean, that's just the nature of math. But it's not even just math. They're just terrible at, like, I don't even know. School. Just, they don't care about school. There are so many kids, the way that they talk to adults, not just, like, in school, but just in life, that it's just, it's appalling. Like, when I was in middle school, I would have never, ever, ever thought, hmm, I'm going to talk back to the teacher and I'm going to tell him to fuck off. Like, that's what some of these kids do, and it's like... Like, I would have never thought to do that. Well, was, not that I wanted to do that, but... I was afraid. Like, what was it, like... Like, they think it's acceptable and it's cool and it's really not. It's not, like... Like, have respect for your teachers. Like, my thing was, like, if I did something wrong, I was going to get in trouble at school and I was going to get equally as in trouble at home, if not worse. Exactly. And I don't think that happens anymore because people just want to put their kids in front of a TV and just say, okay... I mean, kids like, that don't want to deal with it. Kids that have been given an iPad since they were able to hold it. Mm-hmm. Because it's better than, so they can play games or watch shows, but it's so they don't have to be taught or parented. Yeah. Like, no kid under double digits should have computer time, an iPad time, phone time. Like, no. just. I think it just needs to be, if they're going to do it, I think it needs to be monitored because it's so easy now to, like just go on the internet and like type in anything even if you type something in spelled incorrectly you can find some pretty like google results like graphic stuff on there just by accident and it's not like i mean you have to put the parental controls on but not a lot of parents really want like think that they just don't even know like how to do it exactly because some parents it's like oh this kid is screaming and crying i'm just gonna put him on the ipad and then i'm just gonna leave him alone right and that's not really a way to solve the problem you're just pacifying it right or it's like oh we're at a restaurant the kid's gonna act out let me just give him an ipad so he'll just be quiet so i can eat my food i mean there are some instances where yes that's that can be acceptable but i feel like like there's not a ton like there's 
the parenting going on at this point is not like the parenting was when, you know, you and I were growing up. Because, like, now parents are worried about giving them certain punishments, like, oh, a spanking, oh, you know, washing their mouth out with soap. Like, my parents made me, like, so we had wood floor, and there is a significant, well, I'd probably say, like, maybe an eighth inch gap between boards when around that time and my parents would make it like if we did something bad we had to kneel on the floor no butt on the back of your legs like you had to sit kneel up straight on the cracks and it hurt i mean it wasn't like a spanking or anything i mean we didn't get spanked right very often but it was something when we were older like that's something we don't want to do and definitely taught you a lesson not to do it. Right. And it's not like, oh, I have bad knees now because I did, you know, because they made me kneel on the floor. I mean, they could have made it a lot worse. There were other right. parents that would do the kneeling, but they would put rice on the ground. So you had to kneel on the rice. Oof, that, that would hurt. That would... But it's like certain, like, right. things parents that are, are going to... afraid that what would be considered, like, abuse, mm-hmm. that there are, it's an overcorrection. We're going to fuck gonna... the sodomites in, in the... Need more lap, brother. But is that the voice that you're <laughs> that, assigning that, to the mom? That's the voice in my head when I, because I see the little accent marks, and I'm just like, need more lap, brother. <laughs> okay, but uh, <laughs> you completely derailed me. God, I hate you. Go on, brother. But God, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we should combine that. Okay. Fucking the moth meme with uh. The fucking sirens and the John Cena theme song. <coughs> you can't see me. Turns on the light. Lamps. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I absolutely love the moth memes. I love just the moth they're memes so too. fucking dumb. And, like, the mo- and moths are really creepy. I love like the, the triggered eyes. You know what I mean? Where it just glows. <laughs> And like, there's that one moth that keeps popping up that that just looks like all hulked out, like I like kind of like a fucking muscly dude. Like I need steroids. Like no, this guy needs this fucking moth needs a lamp. <laughs> need more lamp, brother. What, what accent marks are you are you referencing? They're like little dots. The two little dots. That's called an umlaut. Do tell. Umlaut. Do tell. That's what it's called. No, no. Tell me what sound that's supposed to be. Then. What letter is it over? Uh, usually brother. So the O. So the O. Yeah, it's just, it accentuates the O. Brother. Yes. So I was saying it, right? Yes. Cool. I did a thing. Uh, folks, I did a thing. God, Alex is blowing us up. What she got? Lay it on vo- us. He's, she says that's the voice she uses too. Not even joking. Brother. 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 <laughs> Need more lop. Lop. But, uh... Yeah, so so what I was saying was, before you derailed me, and then I got distracted by lamp moth memes. Um, I almost said distracted like a, by lamp, like a moth to a flame lamp lamp. But uh, you almost derailed me again. You fuck. Uh, I I do have some funny news Hold about on. Cameron. Hold on. Hold on. 
later. Every time we try and do a spoiler review or spoiler free review of anything, we just spoil the shit. We out always of it. fuck it up, and like five minutes in, we're like, okay, episode two of this fucking show, we can't take this anymore. Spoilers. Episode two of this show, we did a whole season review of Game of Thrones season seven, and about an hour and fifteen minutes into it, I was like, oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> And we all had a good chuckle. Carry on. That's all I was going to say. So I thought we did a really good job. Yeah, we Friday did. Friday night we when we recorded staying. We really did. Staying 100% spoiler free. Um, Moth meme prophecies. Ooh. I like it. Um, I like it. That's one of my favorite like unsolved mysteries. The fucking moth like, man. I, I love and hate that we have chat. Or the the comment feed because our listeners don't really understand, they don't yeah. get it. But Watch the live stream. The live stream is there, and it's it's such an integral part of our show. But I if, so if you're listening to this uh, on either the Journey into Comics Network or our own feed, Podcastrophy on Podbean. Uh, watch our show, like participate, like come in here on Tuesdays around five thirty or six uh, Eastern time. Correct? Are we on Eastern time? I thought we were on Central Time. Central Time, whatever it is. Uh, it's 5.30 our time. <laughs> uh, and participate in our chat so you you know what the hell's going on. You know, it's a lot of fun. You can see our stupid faces. Um, well, and if, if Tuesdays don't work for you, I mean, just news for everybody, next year we'll have to go back to Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, more than likely, we will have to go back to Wednesday. The, uh, the prodigal son hath returned. So to speak, back on our original day. Wednesday's so much better. Tuesday fucks me up so bad because we did Wednesday for so long. Right. That yep, now it gets me too, man. When we record on Tuesday, I think it's Thursday the next day. And, and then, I have so I have class on Monday and Wednesday. Yeah. So after we record on Tuesday, I'm like, fuck yeah, it's Thursday. I don't have class tomorrow. And then I always get crushed because I have class tomorrow. I go in. I go into work thinking it's Thursday. Yep. And then I'm like, I'm completely crushed because it's Wednesday thursday is the next day and i still have like three or four days left of work yeah i do i do the same it thing man sucks. it fucking blows asshole we're on eastern time oh, i thought we were on set oh the region's on central time yeah. that's chicago time chicago time they're not yeah. behind us real quick tangent here like when we when they were doing all the time zone bullshit and like they switched us well wait it's like hmm what time zone should we be on should we be on the the major like cultural center in fucking Chicago, one of the biggest cities in the United States? Hmm. No, we should be on the the same time zone as New York because it'll help us be such so much more successful businessmen. That's that's why they did it because they thought that industry and business would flourish if we were on the same time zone as New York. That's Chicago st- is a trade hub of the United States. That's stupid. You have major trade hubs spread out all over the United States. And they're all they're all either close to a river, the ocean, or a lake. Chicago, it's on the lake. New York, it's on the ocean. And the lake. And a lake. You got and Houston. Some rivers. And rivers. <laughs> Lots of waterways. And you got Houston. Rivers and in, in the fucking ocean. California. All of that stuff. Probably like, going to be an island. Right. <laughs> well, or the bottom of the ocean. But um, it's like, 
why? Why do we, why, like, why does everything have to be fucked up? This is what happens when the government controls shit. They have this thing called fucking daylight savings time. It's dumb. Yeah. You know what else is dumb? Uh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Me! I'm dumb! I'm stupid! <laughs> uh, Can fuck. we just talk about Venom? Hold on! Fuck. Because it was daylight savings time, then I was going to say something else. Fuck, I'll get back to it. Venom. Venom. San Francisco. That's where the movie takes place. Yeah. All right, so for those listening, watching. Spoiler time. We're going into full spoilers. If you you had your chance with Journey into Comics, we, we did a live stream on Friday night directly after the movie. I also, I don't think we're going to break this down scene by scene. No. Because uh, that gets very dry very boring. I don't like listening to scene-by-scene breakdowns of anything. Which we do a lot. Which we do, um, but we've tried here lately to not do as much of that. So, at least I have. Because it's very boring to listen to. Alright, so... um, Spoiler time. Spoiler time! We're going to remind you one more time it's spoiler time. Stop! Uh, Spoiler time. I fucking... (laughs) Love you. Normally, I would say hate. You, I, I was, I was expecting a hate or loathe. So, um, the movie takes place in San Francisco. Everyone knows the main character is Eddie Brock. So right off the bat, we are hit with a with a fucking rocket ship, and uh, you hear a name, Jameson, mm-hmm. crashes in Malaysia, and you hear the name Jameson, and, and then we see him. And you see him. He's kind of a body, and then he's dead. I don't know if he's dead. Oh, no, he's definitely dead. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he's definitely uh, dead. He was the only one alive, and then he was also dead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, then it, it kicks over to fucking Mr. Brock. So Riot, in the opening scene, Riot escapes containment, takes over fucking uh, J. Jonah Jameson's son, crashes the fucking spaceship into Earth, you know, and then hijacks another body and fucking disappears. Um, trying to get back to the Life Foundation. So, long story. So I'm just gonna do the quick plot, and then we'll go further than that. Mm-hmm. The whole purpose of this movie is the Life Foundation is trying to explore space so they can find us a new place to live. They find the symbiotes on a fucking comet. They bring them. They try to bring them back. Uh, they fucking crash on Earth. Most of the symbiotes die. Yeah. Riot uh, is no longer a son slash clone of Venom. He's the he's the main man leading the charge. Yeah. That, and was, that was weird. I liked it. I really dug it. And then um, then we go on a journey watching Venom and Tom Hardy, Eddie Brock, uh, become one. And it's a really enjoyable journey. The reason the reason I wanted to do like that quick, like here's the synopsis, plot. Synopsis, yeah. Here, here's the synopsis. Because yet again today, uh, I saw another. It it went down on Rotten Tomatoes again. Really? It's in the thirty percent range, Rotten. Um, but the the reason the reason I wanted to do that and bring that up before we went further into the film, you and I both gave this film very hard, very high remarks. We both enjoyed it a shit ton. Both of our wives enjoyed it. Um. It does not deserve that. 
It broke the box office record in October. Yeah. In the month of October, it is now the uh, highest grossing film of all time mm-hmm. for the month. Can we watch a, a, a real quick, quick clip from a review? Yeah. All right, let me pull this up real yeah, quick. Yeah, pull it up. And just... I'll, I'll keep... Well, mm-hmm. it's already up. I'm just going to pop in like three minutes in. Okay. So this is kind of funny. Uh, Man, I dig that fucking black suit shirt that he's got. Yeah. This is the kind of funny uh, review of Venom. As you know, uh, Tim usually does uh, trivia for the movie. Yeah. Uh, Tom Hardy says his favorite 40 minutes of the film were cut. Yeah. And also he wishes it was rated R. And also there's nothing on my phone except a text from Goldfarb. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, what was, there was one other one too. He wishes it was rated R and that uh, he, he wants to fight Spider-Man. My thing is, I love that. I wish it was rated R. Mm. And I walked out of the movie. Wouldn't have saved it. Thankfully thinking, God, I'm glad they cut that 40 minutes out. Oh my God. Someone at Sony was like, listen, this movie is not good. Uh, so the least that can be is like the very least we can do for audiences is get him in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kevin, what'd you think? Ah, oh, man, I, it just wasn't good. Sure. At all. Um, it great, great verbiage there, there, man. Uh, shame on you, Sony. Shame Damn. on you. Well, no, Damn. I see, I want to go that no. Shame. He is shamed, or you can't shame him. There was shame. Can't shame. I have like it's weird. Let me back up because I don't want. <laughs> I don't want to paint this in, like a total negative light. I actually had fun watching this movie. No, but, but it's because it's such a train wreck. Yeah, but like that the parts that were fun, I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, I actually, li- I thought I was gonna hate Tom Hardy. Uh, yeah, Tom Hardy. It's getting confusing now because all the all the Venoms are in his Tom. Um, it's I actually liked his goofiness. I liked the Michelle Williams back and forth. I was like, this is cool, but no one else in the universe was that. I I don't so think any weird. of that like made any sense. Yeah. It's just like, why is this character like this? He was cool. He just who he is. He tried to bring a different dimension to Yeah, but he's actually just like that. stupid. What, like, he, just, he was stupid. What I appreciated about it was, and this isn't a real spoiler, so nobody can help me, is the fact that he was shitty to Michelle Williams. In a thing where I was like, oh, don't do that. And then he did, and you're like, oh, and I was like, oh, right. He, he, I forgot that even Eddie Brock pre-Venom isn't right, supposed to be a good guy. Not, like, not necessarily a terrible guy, but more flexible. Like a shitty person. Yeah. Yeah. So, I started listening to this this morning on my way to work. I got like five, maybe six, seven, eight minutes in, and I literally turned this review off. I'm not a person who like stifles shit like that. I I want to hear it, but like, I enjoyed this movie so much and I enjoyed it so much that I just could not listen to these guys who I even based my own podcast off of podcastrophy is slightly based off of kind of funny right. game over Greggy show. I couldn't even finish listening to this because I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. Yeah. I stopped. You it. know, I'm, I'm not an internet celebrity. So, you know, right there, that's like 10 points off of, uh, whether or not the fact that my opinion matters. Um, and then on top of that, you know, I'm a, I'm a young, uh, white, slightly obese male. Uh, so there's another 10, 10 points off my opinion mattering or not. Um, you know, that's a jab at our political climate. I hope no, <laughs> I hope no one gets mad at me for saying that. Whoa. Um, but I just, I have seen review after review after review that's identical to that. And yes, is, is Tom Hardy's rendition of Eddie Brock goofy and kind of dumb. Yes. Eddie Brock in the comics is a dumb fucking guy. 
Yeah. That's why Venom picked him. Because he was strong and he was dumb. And Venom could manipulate him to fucking get revenge on Spider-Man. It fits with the character. Okay? There's number one. Let's fucking check that box off. Number two. Oh, it doesn't have Spider-Man in it. We can't have Venom without Spider-Man. Like, I have heard that so many times in the last month that I'm fucking sick of it. Appreciate the character. Appreciate Tom Hardy. Yeah. This is not the Venom from your comic books. This is its own thing. Anything in the fucking MCU right now is not fucking conducive of the characters for the last fucking 55 years. Get over yourselves. Fucking stroke your dick thinking about something else instead of, Mm -hmm. man... Thor's armor isn't right. It should be different. Where's his helmet with the wings? Stick that helmet with the wings up your ass. Yeah. Enjoy the fucking material that we get. Yeah. Because otherwise we're not getting it. Mm-hmm. I agree. Is it the greatest movie of all time? Absolutely no. not. Is it better than Infinity War? Hell no. What's wrong with being childish? I like being childish. Before I go, I just want to tell you you were fantastic. Never trust a hug. Just a way to hide your face. That's the exciting thing. Nobody in the universe can do what we're doing. Why are you pointing your screwdrivers like that? They're scientific instruments, not water pistols. Gallifrey! Yes, this must be where I live. This is gonna be fun. Boom. And then we got this super cool thing that they've never done before on Doctor Who where every single guest spot for the entire season was featured in a little like a clip like a reel. preview of what's to come on doctor mm-hmm. who didn't, and it was all the guest stars which i thought was dope yeah it, it yeah, didn't tell you where I they were going to be featured it didn't show you know because honestly i haven't really been keeping up with any of the new news of like casting or anything because mm-hmm. i'm still like a season behind and i don't want to get all spoilery or whatever totally it seems like this is going to be a very self-contained episode or uh, not episode but season rather like yeah. They're definitely trying to set themselves apart from the past with nods like, to the past. Like, was this the first episode that we haven't even seen the TARDIS in of, like, new, new who? Ah. Uh, wow, that's actually a great question. Let me just quickly... Okay, so you see it all of Capaldi... Or all... Not all of Capaldi. You see it all of Eccleston's season. Like, every episode, you see the TARDIS, and the yeah. Doctor mm-hmm. is utilizing the Always. TARDIS in some regard. Always. Either to get away or... You know, to hide out or whatever. But this episode, you didn't see a TARDIS. Not at all. Even at the end when Mm-mm. you thought you were going to get the TARDIS. Right. They were just floating in fucking space. Like, mm-hmm. oh, shit. Something has gone wrong. Yeah, clearly. So how, what's going to happen? I don't know. I'm excited. I know. And this weekend we get uh, the new. Clearly we er- know they're all going to be fine because <laughs> there's a whole season they tease. Totally. <laughs> uh, this coming weekend, uh, after this episode debuts this Sunday, we will get episode two of series 11, The Ghost Monument, which uh, I saw okay. like a 15 Sweet. second teaser for. We'll pull it up after the podcast. It looks all right. They didn't really give anything away, so there's not really much to report. Like, it's very vague. Sweet. Uh, but I want to know what you guys like rate this first go for Jody and Chibnall and all of that. And it's there's hard like, to rate. I wouldn't rate it. I would just yeah. say that they did a great job. They, it was a really fresh, uh, entertaining, and well-written, you know, and well-acted. Mm-hmm. The cinematography was new incredible. Who, you know, it's a whole new thing, which I think people will be able to get into. And there's a lot of, like, 
characteristics that like make you believe that she really is the doctor and that this isn't like going to be uncharted territory, you know, mm-hmm. like you're still going to get what you love. Yeah, absolutely. You're definitely getting... I feel great about this episode. I liked yeah. it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the new season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say... I don't like the new remix of the theme really all that much I'm i not dig super it into i liked it. it i thought it, it sounded was... like the old school who like uh With it was just a little noise it was a little noisy for me yeah you did you, you said yeah. that it sounded a little industrial to you yeah it was a little too too much trudging through the mud for me i feel you it was it was different it was yeah. different and i mean not i've heard favorite. all the different iterations you know <laughs> that's another thing <laughs> to know too theme. Murray Gold out as the composer for Doctor Who, so all the yeah, music it's all different. different. It was all different. Uh, wow, for I'm being still a, warming up to it. I was just getting ready I'm, to ask you, gonna... as a as a as someone who's into music like you are and understands music composition on that level, uh, was there anything that really stood out to you in this first episode musically, or was it just kind of like you're still getting your bearings to what this person's style is? Yeah, I, you know, I don't want to comment on it yet because I'm gonna. Give it a little time. Let it grow on you. I yeah, to me, I didn't. I, it wasn't. I didn't. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. I didn't warm up to it like right away. But I don't warm up to most music changes right away. I have to like give it space to kind of do its thing. Be its own bef- thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to judge it just by one episode. I'm gonna see what the trend is. Fair enough. You know. Yeah. See if there is a trend. Yeah, yeah. See what the style is and everything because it's so ingrained with the other composer and you know when the mm-hmm. coming you know the different big themes. Um, yeah, I thought it was a little. Um, I don't want to say like, you know, like emotionally manipulative cheese. Yeah. At times. But I just said it. <laughs> yeah. It was on the cusp of that for sure. Yeah, yeah. It was on the cusp. Like I was trying really hard to be a good sport about it. I that's why I'm giving it another episode. I don't know. It wasn't as bad as what the CW does with like the flash. Ooh. Yeah, I don't <laughs> even want to go there. <laughs> we don't even want to go to the CW we can't right go now. Th- Ooh. That's a whole other podcast. That's a whole other podcast. Yeah, that's the Journey into Comics podcast. Yeah, <laughs> we'll be talking about some other stuff. Coming up next week on two thirteen. Hope you guys check it out. Anyways, uh that's cheap pop. Uh, I just set him up for you and you knocked him mm. out of the park. I will just <laughs> say I really loved the cinematography. This is the greatest Doctor Who has ever looked. Hands down. Yeah. yeah. I'd say I that agree. too. Beautiful. Yeah. I'd say that too. I mean, even I mean, all the special effects looked good. Yeah, it did. Everything. Mm-hmm. I really was just And like, I loved the practical effects. I liked the fact mm-hmm. that those mm-hmm. teeth were all painstakingly made by <laughs> yeah. a makeup artist. Yeah, I liked that. You know, oh man, like my sister does that kind of work, and she, I really feel for that kind of like attention mm-hmm. to detail and like meticulousness, tedious, yeah, totally. And the crazy mm-hmm. thing being, also, you know, those are two and three and four day shoots, so yeah, that guy's got to remake up again and again. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that guy was a good sport, yeah, totally. good job, Tim Shaw. Good job, Tim Shaw. <laughs> Episode title Good job, Tim Shaw. Thank you, Veronica. Awesome. Uh, yeah, okay, I don't really have much more to say about the new series. I am yeah. looking forward to where we go from here. Uh, we did get Jody getting her new uh, digs, too. At oh, the her end adorable of the little outfit, yeah, yeah. I dig it. Um, yeah. Her, like, weird capri. Uh, they're, like, longer than capri capris, but they're capris, they're like I guess. Gauchos. Those are called gauchos. Yeah. Oh, wow. Thank <laughs> you guys for thing. being fashionistas. <laughs> 
I don't know how I feel about gauchos, but they worked for her because she had the cute suspenders. I was going to ask without looking like too, you know. It's all about the material. G A Y with the gauchos. She also had the cool like um, sort of trench, but not trench. It was yeah. I dug her coat. I liked it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I liked that she had pockets. What do you guys think about uh, (laughs) Jodie Whittaker, the first Doctor Who Barbie? Yeah, we shared that on our Gallifredio Facebook page. When they Mattel posted about it, like, you can now order that. By the way, they yeah, I think that's cool. Order. Now I want a Peter Capaldi one because it'd be adorable and angry. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, and I want no, I, swimwear. No, I want him to be from the episode where he was playing a rock and roll show in like medieval England or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would be a good uh, Barbie doll. <laughs> yeah. So, Sarah, do you want to uh, make that happen? Do you want to read this off for us? What is that? This is the overnight viewing figures for the first season or the first episode of the season. Oh, sorry. You can't see that? No. I'll scooch up and read it. No worries. I can't even see that. It says, Doctor Who, the woman who fell to earth, was watched by 8.2 million viewers, a share of 40.1 of the total local TV audience, according to the unofficial overnight figures. The audience grew throughout the episode, peaking at 8.52 million for the final 15 minutes. The rating makes Doctor Who the third highest rating of the week, just behind two editions of Strictly Come Dancing. Must be a dance show. <laughs> the highest It is the highest overnight rating for the series for a regular episode for over 10 years. The debut episode of the 12th Doctor, Deep Breath, had an overnight rating of 6.8 million viewers, while the debut of the 11th Doctor, The 11th Hour, had a 7.7 million view with a .03 also watching on BBC HD making a total of 8 million views. The last regular episode to top this figure was Journey's End, Series 4 in 2008, with an overnight figure of 9.4 million. The highest rating for a Sunday uh, for the result show of Strictly Come Dancing with an average of 9.04 million. So that Strictly Come Dancing show is their best show. But Doctor Who, third highest, the highest rating in over 10 years. Journey's End, just so you guys to be clarified, that's when we had Donna, Martha, mm. Rose, Jackie, mm. Mickey. Yeah, that was that fucking big... everybody. The Doctor yeah. Donna. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Damn. Yes, Davros. So. Yeah, this Doctor Who has a lot to live up to. Yeah, but I mean that first episode's a great first showing. I think the numbers are gonna probably totally. probably stay solid. And speaking of Journey's End and the. F- Tenth Doctor. I did just recently pull up for audio adventures. That's but awesome. still Tenth Doctor and Donna back for more audio adventures. Man, I just love David Tennant. Hmm. Look at his face. <laughs> Look at that picture. Yeah, yeah. with they Donna. Actually, they oh have my a, God. a picture of the. Uh, That's the Tenth amazing. Doctor's adventures. It's got a Jadoon mm. on it. A couple Jadoon. <laughs> Doctor Who. And Grandpa uh, Wilfred. I haven't got into any of the audio adventures, only because I don't have time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Maybe uh, when we're, you know, touring or something, we can start putting them on while we're driving. Oh, my God, yes. Get in the zone, like, on long trips. I love that. So nerdy, but I'm for it. You just made my whole night. That was the (laughs) best uh, idea you've had I want to hear David Tennant again as the doctor. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, and you know that David Tennant and Martha did a cartoon 
as Martha. well. Oh, yeah, I remember that. There was a cartoon. Martha. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, Martha. Everybody's you loved Martha. Martha. I did love Martha. What are you talking about? I didn't I was just, I was just uh, mirroring you and your angst against Martha <laughs> because she wasn't Rose. But exactly. Martha was my first companion. See, that's what nobody understands. The first Doctor Who I ever watched was mm-hmm. Human Nature, Family of Blood. Meaning, the first companion I ever got used to, the closest thing to having a doctor, was Martha, mm-hmm. pretending to be a slave in the 1800s. What the fuck? Like, yeah, craziness, you know? So, I I do have a soft spot for Martha. Fair. You know? Fair and, point. And you also have you to consider... first. True. <laughs> and weirdly enough, you have to also consider that after the Human Nature Family of Blood, the very next Doctor Who episode of that new series that I watched, after I had binged watched all of that other new series who seasons one and two was blink oh yeah and man Mm -hmm. like that's a great episode hit it out of the park sally sparrow anyways Mm -hmm. sarah you want to talk about this interesting thing you found at the second charles oh my god yeah i'm really excited to talk about this we had previously yeah. talked about it a little bit on Foodies. Mm-hmm. You went to a bookstore and went on a book adventure and found the most fabulous fucking books. Yeah, sometimes I make good finds. But this book, uh, I got used in, I don't know what section. I don't know why it was there, but it's called The Making of Doctor Who. And it's from, wait, I have to get the, uh, originally published in Great Britain in 1972. Like this the cover version, art of this book alone is yeah, gold. Yeah, we will have to post a picture of the cover art. Um, but this version is from 1976. But it goes through everything about Classic Who. And it goes. it has a synopsis of every single episode. Like all the episode arcs and... Um, so we're going to be doing... Up until a point, though. Up until... Up at what now? Like where does it where stop does it end for old? What's the last who? episode? Oh, they my bad. Well, listed. whatever was happening in 1976. So <laughs> uh, the ribose invasion. <laughs> Let's see. What'd you say? I'm guessing ribose invasion. No, the ha- uh, wait, wait, wait. Let me make sure I'm at the end. Yes, the hand of fear. Oh. Um, but this goes up through the fourth Doctor's adventures. It's like um, little Cliff's notes, a synopsis of each episode in one magical little book. Yeah, What's it's yours? when they leave, when he leaves Sarah on Earth, Sarah Jane Smith. Yeah, that's, that's where right. this leaves off. We looked that. We uh, looked at it. Yeah, which is you know tied into the new series. If y'all know, where does that book start? Does, is there like an epilogue or is that a prologue? An, prologue. A pro- well, it doesn't start with the with the episode arc summaries it doesn't start with that it has let's see what we got um let's do a book report yeah well it goes over how it all began which is whatever some sort of preface or something and then it talks about the daleks and just gets right into it we're definitely going to do an entire episode dedicated to the daleks yeah for sure and then who is the doctor so it talks about who's a doctor (laughs) at that point only four actors played him Oh, yeah. apparently Tom Baker gets a whole chapter. It says Tom Baker is Doctor Who. Well, that was That's at the time when he was, about. I mean, he was their marathon man at that Correct. point. Correct. Yeah. So still one of the most, well, probably I would say the most popular of the classic And doctors, the longest reigning Doctor in history. Not my favorite still, although I did like him. Uh, and then it talks about the three Doctors. Amazing uh, story arc doctor, Omega. Um, second Doctor, third Doctor. Ooh, John Pertwee. 
You know I like him. Uh, I know. Monsters Galore and The Master. That's what this chapter is called. Oh, that's dope. And this talks about the Cybermen, the Ice Warriors, the Yeti, the Autons. The Autons get a lot. Silurians uh, where was and this the book sea when devils. we talked about that? Huh? Where was this book when we talked about the Autons like a couple episodes I know. ago? It was waiting for and us you know for $2.10. And do you know what's yeah, crazy? You're right, you're right. Here's something I didn't put together until today. The first season of John Pertwee is the Doctor and the second season of John Pertwee is the Doctor both start with Auton stories. Yeah. Oh. His first story is against the Autons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's the not, setup Christopher the Eccleston's does too. But not Terror yeah. of the Autons. Spearhead from Space is John Pertwee's first episode. Yeah, that it sets up Terror of the Autons. Yes, and yeah, yes, totally sets it up. We did that on a classic cut, but I agree with you saying Eccleston also having it as his first big monster. It's a it's a beautiful mm-hmm. callback. It's time for brews with dudes. Ah, juicy. And welcome to another episode of Brews with Dudes. I'm your host, Nick Maxson, sitting here once again with Brett Maxwell. Hello, hello. You just heard us cracking open the Fountain of Juice, a double IPA from 450 North Brewing Company. It is full of Citra, Amarillo, El Dorado, and Vic Secret Hops. Couple di- good ones in there. This is going to be delicious. Would you like to do the honors? I would. That's a good question. Where is my glass? It's on the there ground for some reason. It's like I'm begging for it to be broken. Brett, it's been a couple weeks since you've been on. It has. I always like to space it out a little bit. It's that's a good thing to do. Been trying to find some new folks to come in and give a fresh perspective. I think we got some fun people lined up in the next month. But a classic lineup is always a good lineup. Absolutely. I a love being on a power panel, if Ooh. you will. Let's dive into this and see what we got. Oh my goodness. That is juicy and delicious. Oh, man. My goodness. That is yeah. really good. Oh, yeah. Juicy up front and hoppy on the back end. Oh, man. That is that is very, very good. I like that. That is better than I thought it would be. Holy I expected, shit. I expected a little more bitter. Yeah. That is very, very sweet up front. And yeah. The bitterness just hits you. Definitely. Just, it just rests in the back once you, once you just let it sit there for a second. It, mm. That is tasty. I like that a lot. Very hazy. Very hazy. I've even got some sediment in mine, it looks like. But good God. I'm not afraid of a little sediment. Not at all. Not at all. Say we're sitting at 8%. That's not bad. It's a double IPA. Yep. Yeah, I think they, what's their other 8% one? The um, Crystal Vision. Yeah. I definitely like this better than the Crystal Vision. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Very much. Hopefully, and maybe they, I Something tells me they said this is going to be one of the ones they released. Seeing as how it's not a Nugget series, it's not any part of the series, that does make sense. I would buy more of this. Absolutely. I would buy more of this. This is a very, very good beer. Smells like a double IPA. 
man, that just sits so well. I Let's really see. like this one. Me too. This is very tasty. I could drink it way too fast and be in a lot of trouble. Yeah, yeah. Especially sometimes when you when it's just two or three people on the show that you don't you kind of got to drink them fast. You oh, know? you do, you it's do. Like we couldn't if we just sat here and chilled on this, then this would be a people three would, hour. People episode. would hate listening to us. They'd be like, "Damn, guys, come on, <laughs> some direction." People would hate listening to us at that point. Yeah, we've got a couple of fun ideas for maybe something we could do more long form. Um, for uh, live streaming, we've um we've just been doing typical kind of plain Jane episodes. But I think we're gonna try to do the board game. We've talked about that. Absolutely. Um, so we've got a we just got one of our many party games that are on the way. This one's called Hammered Heroes. Um, so. Uh, we're probably going to find a way to try to live stream us playing that, which I'm sure will be a great time. Cause that, Absolutely. Because it's three-player minimum and up to six. So I bet you that's going to – I bet you some Dave Linder's going to be involved Oh, yeah. That. Yep. Dave um, will be involved. I'm sure Zach will be involved. So it'll be a big – Austin would love to be involved. It'll be a big one. That'll be fun. We also need to do a Drunk Quest. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Which would honestly be great for a live stream because the cards are fucking massive. The, yeah. the, the cards are the size of the box, so they're like six inch by like seven inch cards, like maybe like five inch by seven inch cards, but still they're just they're big cards because you could see them while we're playing them and actually be able to read them. So fun. we will definitely have to do that soon. I haven't even played it yet. No, I haven't had a chance. Nope, I haven't played it? it. Midwest Gaming Classics. Yep, we just talked about going to uh, to it again this year. Yeah. Um, so. I was talking to so last year we went with our buddy uh, Maddie um, and uh, Ryan Harris, and we went for one day. We drove up in the morning, got back that night. Um, Maddie said this year they might make it a weekend. They might go for the whole thing. I'm like, well, it's not that pricey. I wasn't thinking. You know, I was like, eh, I kind of got my fill last time in one day. I kind of rushed. Like we were trying to make sure we hit everything. But you think if we did a weekend, that means we could take a day where we sit down and play board games with people. Yep. Because we didn't have time to do that. We did our pinball. We did the arcade. We did our browsing around. We, we did our did shopping. We didn't want to like right. Wait for we wanted to see stuff. everything. Um. But, uh, yeah. And and the way I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know about it. And Maddie's like, well, yeah, you know, I just it'd be fun to make a weekend of it. And I'm like, you know what? It would be fun. I'm to sure just there's make a weekend. I'm sure there's cheap places to stay. Like it, and there's lots of breweries up there. There, there really are. We could do so. we could do a tour of the Miller Brewery. Yeah, um, yeah some of the bigger ones. I fun. think Paps is there too, aren't they? I'm not sure where Paps is. Is from. Paps Milwaukee? I think it is. I don't know. Where I swear I saw Paps is from Milwaukee. Um, but yeah. Um, Technically, they might be, they might be doing a three-day thing. I don't know if I'd go for three days. I think they're doing Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, but a Saturday, Sunday, or even a Friday, Saturday. The only, uh, the the only thing different packages, and there's yeah. like entertainment and stuff Saturday night. I would say I thought there was one place I saw, or one thing I saw, where you can, if you buy two days, you get the third day for free, or something like okay. that. Okay. So it might as well be worth it, or if anything. If they go all three days, we could branch off and go do something Friday, right. do like a brewery tour Friday, because they're not they're not drinkers like us. Right. So that would be probably an us thing. 
So we could find something to do for one of the other we days should. and then do MGC for the other two. That'd be fun. Because, yeah, it was so, so much fun last I, year. Just oh, for yeah. the one day that we were trying to blast through everything. We we went almost strictly for the pinball. Yeah, there was tons and tons of pinball. Yep. And then we were like, wait a minute, this is like a, this isn't just a pinball thing. Because that's what, that was the big attraction was oh, yeah. it's one of the biggest Three, pinball 300 expos. pinball machines or something stupid. Insane. It had so many pinball machines. And um, all of them were on free play. It was a release party for um, the Iron Maiden machine. Yes. So they had like 15 yep. of those. We got to play that a little before everyone else. I think there was like 20 plus. Because yeah, I, I remember we stood there and watched the one guy play like three balls. And we're like, oh, this is great. This is great. And we turn around <laughs> and we see 20 more of them. Yeah, <laughs> we're like, we were waiting okay. For we were waiting for <laughs> it's like, yeah, it'll be worth waiting for this This, one this dude's sitting here looking at us like, why are these guys watching me? Like, yeah. Then we turn around. Yeah. Now that you're saying that, there were like three different like stations of five. Stations. Yeah. So five, there's like four different. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then everything else, every single oh, yeah. pinball machine you could ever imagine. Yep. Um, there was some, there was a bunch of weird different little games too. I remember. Um, and there they had like the history of video games. They had like um, where yep. you could walk through and see the very first systems. And they had and table think, after you know, table. What do you think? Like Atari, Nintendo, Sega. It's like no, dude. There's decades more oh, shit yeah. that I I don't even have yep. any idea about. You'd walk um, past tables and they'd have each console set up. On a TV, and you can just sit down and play them. They have certain games you can play, and it was really fun. So yeah, there's it def- we could definitely make a day out of it because if we stayed in one place and just really focused on doing a couple things each day instead of just flying through. Yeah, because there was a whole section of people like playing games in development. Yeah, yep. And we played a couple games that were still like in development. Those were a lot of fun. Hmm. Well, I'm ready. I'm ready for April. I'm very ready for April too. Um. Yeah, that's definitely a big thing that happens. I'm going to MAGFest this year with Colby. Are you? I'm pretty excited. Nice. He's going to D.C. for second time. But, um, yeah, it's going to be sweet. I think it's kind of like the same thing. It's like a video game, pop culture kind of thing. So We'll see. I'm excited for it. I mean, any honestly, like I, I would just be excited to go to anything like this. Any con or fest like that. Like, There's going to be yeah. something I'm going to enjoy doing. Yeah, you know, right. I love video games. I love board games, pinball, arcade, whatever it is. I'm gonna have fun, you know. And there's so many things. There's just so many things. We're getting, um, well, by the time this airs, we'll have already been to the Corn Maze Festival. Um, that's a big one. Yes. Uh, I'm getting ready to. Actually, it might be the day this airs. I'm going to something in Plainfield called Happy Halloween. Oh, um, that's the event that Brewlink is releasing their s'mores beer. Oh my God! I'm going to be pouring for Tays, but I might be able to get you a pass if you want to. Ooh, because I c- I could get it off if if that's the case. Because my band already has a show in Indy that night, so, so you're I'll, gonna I'll go there and I'll just be like, someone come pick me up here because Plainfield's pretty close to Indy. And uh, yeah, so I'll get to try some good beers. Nice, and then go play a show. That's what's up. You can just come to the show with us. Yeah, absolutely. It's great. It's of a course. house. It's not a house party, but it's a private event, and we're gonna do half of our set and then half of our System of a Down cover set. Nice. So, and they're having like a chili cook off, like a chili off. <laughs> so Holy shit! Yeah. All right, we. I will be writing this down on a piece of paper and turning it in tomorrow. Yeah, it's that work. It's gonna be fun. Um, yeah, that's one of our drummer Dana's. That's one of his buddies. It's like, yeah, he's 
you know, he'll treat us great. And it's not a, it's not like a public event, so you know, it'll be an insulated kind of thing. I'm like, that that's pretty fun. sweet. That sounds fun. Not my typical house party. We're used, we're used to the, in the basement. sweaty basement, random people showing up because they saw a Facebook page and yeah. meet new friends. That'll be fun, though, man. Yeah. Be awesome. I'm definitely down for that. I'm definitely down with this beer. Me too. It's fantastic. I'm almost it's sad. It's I'm sad it's almost gone. Yeah. We, uh, we talked about nursing, and we did a pretty good job of doing so. Yep. We got we got going quick, though. We got We got in on this beer. Within the first minute or so. We also drank, uh, right before the episode, we drank the Pineapple Cherry Slushy from 450 North. We had to pregame a little. I, I just saw it and I was like, dude, this is just juice. <laughs> yeah, we drank it and it, man, it was just, that, that's a phenomenal beer right there. I would buy, oh, yeah. I'd buy a lot of that too. I wish they would do this kind of, I wish they would do these certain ones all the time. Well, uh, so... There's only so much you can do in the styles that they're doing. Yeah. They're going to run out of fruits that they can add to these slushy beers. And just pick one and So why not why not start making them like seasonal? That's true. Do different flavors like this fruits in season for this year, like for this part of the year, this fruits in season and just take the best sellers that you have and even ask our feedback. Like there are so many current fans of 450 that go every time that could give their feedback and say this one at this time of year this one at this time of the year is, is what we want to see and just take popular vote and then start making them seasonal that's a great idea start making your best beers <laughs> seasonal beers instead of doing three week every three week releases you know definitely which they're fun i just wish they didn't do them all the time i'm yeah. not particularly happy that for the corn maze they're doing a release on Friday. I know. It's like, y'all. I know. Don't make me drive up there twice. I, I well, technically we don't have to drive to the corn maze. Party That's bus. True. And if we went for that release, we could just go get some beer in his Wanzigs because they've got their new spot open. Ah. Their bigger spots open. Nice. And I want to check that out. Yeah. I want to check that out. Absolutely. Hmm. Well, I mean, they're only are they. Are these in five cans? I think so. No, they said biggest release ever. Seven. Right before the beer festival. Yep, sure. Yep. That's weird. It's terrible. That's really... Awful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, McKinley. Love you, brother. It's not your decision. Bad really. marketing. Like, I just... My biggest thing is, like, the money for it. Like, if you want your people to come and buy your beer... I'm not fucking made of money. Some of these people might be, but oh, that's the thing is that they're pretty much still selling out of everything every single time. So there's, at there's least no by the end of the weekend, they're still killing for the good ones. Yeah, if they're releasing four, they're selling out of two of them immediately within an hour or two, and then you're right, the rest of them are gone by the weekend's end. If you're, it's it, there's no reason to slow down. We can come up with reasons why, but they're like. Money boys. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. (laughs) I totally, totally understand. But when you look at their wine that they did before, same thing. You know, it's all crazy flavors. They've got so many wine flavors. But I haven't seen them changing or doing wine releases. They did it for a decade or so and they figured out what was good and that's what they stuck with. But they've done so much that's good. 
I bet you after I bet because this is what we just went to their six year anniversary. I bet by the yep. time they're a decade old, they're going to have an insane lineup that are seasonal. Like, yeah, you know, you can okay. always expect the pineapple, the pineapple one to come out this at time. at this time, and then yeah, all right, all right, because they all have them. Founders, they've got that schedule. You know when it's this time. This how is long, what's coming out. How long has Founders been a company though? Thirty years. <laughs> Does it? Yeah. Yeah, they've been around a long time. Damn. I guess I didn't Wait, realize that. No, twenty. 